Tonight's show is on a touchy subject, but something that everybody should be thinking about, especially considering the recent demonstrations in Ottawa and around the world. Freedom of expression, what does it mean? With our guest Jim Lowe, a self-proclaimed expert on shooting his mouth off, and has a BA in political science and a postgraduate diploma in research analysis, I'm sure this is going to be a great conversation. I'm super excited. <laughs> um, now, Jim, welcome to the show. As we can see, it says Diamond Jim Lowe, because I know you as the main man at Barry Wrestling, the, the voice of Barry Wrestling. I was going to say, people might take exception to the main man, but I know, there the voice might be of Barry Wrestling, that, that works. That'll save me from getting killed on Saturday, <laughs> on Saturday right? Because we have wrestling on Saturday. I'm stoked. Um, so we're going to get into the wrestling side of things in a little bit, because that is a fun, entertaining side of, of the world that you and I both kind of are involved in to some extent. You more than me. <laughs> I just get to show up and go click, which is awesome. Um but yeah, first we're going to talk about something else, which is potentially a little bit more involved. And when I first started to think about doing this show, my first person I wanted to talk to was you, because I know you to A, have a real opinion on things, B, know what you're talking about and be able to back it up, and C, not give a shit if you actually do say something to back it up. You will actually uh, fight for what you believe in, and there's a lot of people who don't do that, who will shy away from a conversation, myself included. I am not an aggressive confrontational person. And I really, and I think Sean and I both do this, Sean from Barry Wrestling, John Gibson, we've had him on our show before. Uh, we both do this sometimes that when we see an argument happening on social media, we'll kind of tag Jim in it and just kind of, and just kind of let it go, you know? <laughs> so it, it's, it works out really well. But before we talk to you, Jim, I want to say hello to Aurora because it's been a whole week since I've seen you and I'm, I was used to seeing you every day and it's just not happening anymore. So yeah. <laughs> hello, Aurora. Very nice to see you. How's your week been? Uh, it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good. I've had a bit of a busier week. Uh, lots going on at work, preparing to, to get a new system in place. Mm. Um, so that's been like lots of meetings and lots of training with staff and stuff like that. So it was a pretty tiring week. I was very exhausted. Uh, however, I got, I was, uh, I had an extra day off last week because we had um, uh, the long weekend in that week. Um, so um, I actually ended up doing a shoot on Saturday, a cake smash um, oh. for um, Andrew's cousin's baby. And the photos are so cute. Uh, cool. So I just finished edit editing them. Um, uh, like, I don't know, like 10 minutes ago. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm uh, super excited to deliver those photos. So yeah, awesome. I mean, it's it's been a tiring, busy week, but um, also some good stuff in it. So. But that's the soul-saving <laughs> stuff too, right? This, where you get to yeah. do the stuff you love to do for the reasons you want to do them. That's where it gets really fun. Yeah. Uh, cake smash. The only cake smash I was ever really involved in was my nephew when he was one year old. Um, yeah. On his first birthday, he got into a bad car accident and bit almost through his thumb because he was sucking his thumb. Oh, my and gosh. So they had to bandage up his hand and the whole thing, and they gave him a big cake, and he went at it, and there was cake everywhere, and it was it was, it was was a lot of fun to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was one-year-old. So he, he didn't really know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, their baby also is one-year-old. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it's just super cute. They just, like, really dig into it and make a big mess. and See, that's expression yeah. in the truest form, really. <laughs> a baby with a cake. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. The pro That's wrestling awesome. angle just waiting to happen. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jim, let's talk about this. There's been so many crazy things that have gone on in the world lately. Um, the first thing that came to mind, and when we booked this show, it was still going on, was the demonstrations and all of the stuff going on in Ottawa. Now, one of the catchphrases that I heard everybody talking about was freedom of expression. I can't express myself. Everybody can express myself, but me or truckers are traveling across Canada and they're expressing themselves by cutting off millions of dollars of, of economic growth or whatever. Um, there's pros and cons. Like there, there's people who will speak for it and people who will speak against it. I don't know if we want to get into the debate of what was right or wrong in the whole thing, but maybe get into what is actually freedom of expression 
Like, what do we have as Canadians as a right to get up and disrupt society to the point where uh, it becomes a crippling thing, like stuff not being shipped, people not getting to work? I mean, it, it was it was ongoing for weeks. So first of all, kudos to you, Brian, because you actually said freedom of expression, uh, which is the, the protected right that we have in, in the Canadian Charter of Rights. A lot of people use the Americanism, which is freedom of speech, uh, which is, uh, of course, their First Amendment rights down there. And, you know, perhaps a bit ironically, some of the, the, the protesters in Ottawa spoke about First Amendment rights and free speech, etc. And, you know, it, it's important when you're talking about your, both your rights and responsibilities in, in a country to actually know what they are and, and, and the proper terms to use. Um, but, yeah, I, what's interesting with a protest like that is, you know, it, it covers freedom of expression. But it's also freedom of assembly, which is the courts have really defined as being freedom of speech or freedom of, there we go, <laughs> using the Americanism, uh, freedom of expression in action. So, uh, you know, freedom of expression is, is really just saying things or writing them, etc. Whereas a, a protest like that really moves into to freedom of assembly as well and, and the ability to, to show up and, and collectively use your expression rights to to argue a point to convince the government or the public uh that it should change directions or change policies so how do we deal with that kind of stuff like how do we deal as canadians not americans with the big thing that went on and then also all the influence from the americans into this whole conversation like should we even have allowed can we stop? Like, what kind of influence does the American voice have in Canadian policy when it comes to this? Yeah, so I mean, the, you you've hit on two pretty big, different topics, and maybe we can come back to. Uh, I, I, I have know, to warn you, I do this a lot. I'll ask a question <laughs> that has like four or five different points, and I, I, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aurora. You've got to reel him in. Stop him from doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, you do. You do. It's all your fault. <laughs> Really, like the, the first part that you talked about is what are the limits? Um, you know, that's that's something that really defines us as a country because right in the, the very first section one of the charter, it talks about reasonable limits on all the rights that we have. And in general, your rights as protected under the charter stop when they infringe on the rights of others. Now, you know, that's a, a very general statement and there's a lot of nuance and, and legalities that come in there but you know you you have a right to expression and a right to assembly but if you decide that you're going to hold your protest on my front lawn my rights prevent you from doing that so there, there's a balance and striking that balance is difficult because uh well i i, I have a lot of concerns and issues with what happened in Ottawa, I also believe that, that that freedom of expression and freedom of assembly are are fundamental rights for for Canadians and and really for citizens anywhere. And we have to try to protect that. Uh, you know, people being able to express their concern with government policies or with things happening around the world. I mean, we saw protests this weekend and rallies and vigils for the people of the Ukraine. It's very important that we are able to to do that. So, yes, I've got the colors um, behind me for the Ukraine tonight. I can see that. That's fantastic. Um, you know, because in Russia, they they are not allowed, and now thankfully the the, you know, the Russian opposition are defying this, but they're not allowed to assemble in 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 groups of more than two to protest against the the invasion of the Ukraine, and when when a government so heavily restricts how its citizens can speak out and voice their concerns, you know, it, it, it's a slippery slope. That said, you don't have a right to take a city hostage for three weeks. You don't have a right to, to close down streets where people live and you know, honk your horns throughout the day and night and you know, essentially decide, I'm going to have a street party because I don't want to wear a mask in Costco. 
where does that line get drawn? I mean, certainly freedom of expression and freedom of assembly do not allow for criminal activity. You know, you, you can't, it, you, you cannot break the law and then say, wow, I had a good cause. <laughs> it, it right. doesn't work that way. Um, you may be able to justify that to yourself morally, but legally, as you know, a number of the, the organizers of the, those protests are now finding out. Thankfully, it it, uh, it it doesn't matter. You you can have a really great cause, but if you break the law, you're going to face consequences. Um, but those consequences aren't just legal, uh, Brian. You know, one thing that we were talking about by email is, is people sometimes confuse freedom of expression or freedom of speech in the states with freedom from consequences. And you mm. see a lot of people yeah. will rant about cancel culture and things like that, but that's not what free speech or free expression is. You, you may, it's, it's about the government not arresting you for your thoughts, for your words. It's not about other people saying, well, we don't want to hire you or do business with you or you know, play sports with you or whatever because you've expressed these toxic views or you've done them in a very negative way. Yeah. yeah. That's a fine line that we have to make sure we walk as well. I mean, there's a lot of topics that I've wanted to get into that could potentially be a problem with repercussions. Mm -hmm. You know, what is said and who sees it could get, you know, people in trouble. So I do have to be aware. We have to be aware doing a show what not to say as well. And, and this is what you're saying. I mean, I can say anything. They will air it. YouTube won't turn it off. For they the can't say it. so within reason. There are yeah, but that's important too because you know, freedom of expression is not absolute. Uh, you know, there are criminal things that you cannot say. Obviously, you know, the old trope is you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Mm. But you also you can't you, you defamatory speech is not protected and never has been. I can't say that. Brian Weiss stole $1 million from uh, Aurora Robinson. That's not protected. You can sue me over that. I do not, uh, provided it's, it's false. I mean, if it's true, sorry about your luck, Aurora. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but if it's false, I can't defame you like that. My, my freedom of expression doesn't allow me to do that. Um, thankfully, you know, over the last 30 years in Canada, we've brought in hate speech laws as well. So you can't use the the the, the right of, of expression to generate hate against targeted groups which leads me to the posters that we're seeing all over canada with the hockey sticks and the canadian flag with the fuck trudeau um come on that that is offensive and it makes me feel embarrassed to be a canadian when i see a Canadian flag with a hockey stick stuck in, stuck in front someone's front lawn or on the back of their truck, like the, you yeah. know, the general Lee driving down with their flag on the car. You know, it's, it, it makes me feel like all of a sudden they're taking this Canadian thing of pride and turning it into something really negative. And it's just with these two words and it's, it's what you're saying what? though. It's defamatory. I mean, how could they even, so that's not, and, and I, I hate that you put me in a position where I have to defend those people because no. I, it's, the, it's, those, this is the conversation that we have yeah. to have, though. It's it's not yeah. a hate to ha be in that position. So I appreciate that. That's why you're here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those flags, I I think they are, are juvenile and divisive and not at all helpful. But that actually is the, the type of expression that we need to protect. And, uh, you know, I, I defend the right of some moron to take a, a fuck Trudeau flag and put it on a hockey stick and walk around Barry waving it. I think you know, anyone who does that lacks class, lacks intelligence, lacks the ability to have you know, the type of mature discussions we need to have on policies like COVID or the Ukraine or whatever, but that's their right. And it's not defamatory because they're just expressing a political opinion. Now, Many of these same people will cross the line and they will say things that are defamatory about the prime minister. And that's not OK and not protected. Uh, and that's a different issue. And that's where we get into another major misunderstanding is people believe that freedom of expression is also freedom to a platform. And, you know, people may say something horrible. It's, you know, there are. Uh, 
regularly claims that Trudeau, uh, you know, is in the pocket of George Soros or, you know, the World Economic Forum and all these other conspiracy theories. And you do not have a right, the absolute right, to be able to say that on Twitter or Facebook or on the Expressions podcast. You know, th those are all platforms that they, they are giving you access to their technology and to their reach. But that's not a free expression or a free speech issue. If they decide that you violated their terms of service or they don't want to, your opinion to be shared, that's their right as the owner of that technology or as the owner of that podcast. I mean, if I come on here and, and tell you, Brian, you know, you're the dumbest motherfucker I've ever met. You don't have to keep me on your show. You don't have a right. Oh, I heard his feelings. will cry. You know, I, mean, I, I love you. You're under no obligation to keep this podcast going. You can dump me right now. You haven't infringed on my freedom of expression. You have made a decision not to include that type of content on your podcast, and that's right. your right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those flags, they're, they're idiotic. And, uh, you know, they, they do not lead to any positive uh, you know, debate or discussion or, or political advancement. But I do think that people have a right to, to, to fly them, to buy them. And, you know, you have a right to make yourself look like a vile idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that point that you made about um, the fact that... <sighs> you know, uh, they're allowed to to say these kind of things, they're allowed to put it on a flag or a sign or whatever it may be, um, but it's not a means to, uh, what's the word, having like a very mature uh, and calm and collected discussion about the issue that they're, they're having with this, right? Like, um, I feel like that's a really important... Uh, well, it really make, is wrong. right. Yeah. Like it, it may not be defamatory. They may not be lying, saying that Trudeau, you know, like I don't know, like using the example of stole a million dollars from Brian. <laughs> um, okay, they're not lying. They're not lying. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're you know they're making a point, but um, and uh, basically expressing their topic. But if they're if they're or their opinion. Um, but if they're doing it in such a way, it's not, it's not mature. It's not inviting for an open discussion. Kind I, of thing. I, I agree with you completely, Aurora. And that's why I, I really, you know, I, I had to laugh at uh, uh, Candace Bergen, who's the, the uh, interim leader of the conservatives, as well as a lot of conservative MPs who talk about how divisive Trudeau is and and you know how the the division in the country is is his fault and he should meet with these protesters and like if a whole bunch of people showed up out on the street in front of my house waving fuck low flags I'm not coming out to say hi you know how how can I make you feel better about me right yeah. so like especially when it wasn't even his position it wasn't even for him to control like this was a provincial thing it wasn't a, a federal thing well, and everybody's going to Trudeau and there's a lot of layers there. I mean, definitely the the primary restrictions that you know have worn us all down and, and, and frustrate a lot of people and have impacted a lot of businesses, those have primarily been driven by the provinces. But the feds do play a role. And you know, I, things like the vaccine passports, the federal government did provide a lot of money to the provinces to be able to implement that. Does that, you know, mean that the, the the approach or the idea of the protesters was remotely sane or viable? <laughs> no, definitely not. But um, it, it, it's not as if he has no input or, or, or the federal government has no sway on things because they do. And, um, you know, ultimately, it, you had a whole bunch of people who I think really just wanted to express rage but also party a bit like we, we we've been locked down for for two years you know in, in about a week it, it was just about two weeks from now it'll be two years since the last time 
you, you and, and, and your wife and the rest of uh, the amazing Barry Wrestling crew were together before COVID and then the whole world basically shut down. Uh, you know, a lot of people that you saw in, in Ottawa who weren't necessarily angry, hateful idiots were, you know, I think just getting a bit of, of community and socialization that they had lost over the past two years. And that in no way excuses it. And, you know, ultimately they needed to be aware of the type of people they were associating with and, you know, the, the really, really nasty goals of, of the organizers. But, you know, it's, it's not simply a, a, you know, a black and white issue where everybody who was there is, you know, a, a terrible idiot sure. who wants to undermine Canada yeah. and everyone who wasn't there is the good guy. So Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Now, Sorry, Roar, did you have something to say? Well, uh, yeah, because on my way to work, uh, when the protesters were coming up the 400, um, I was kind of stopped and frustrated at, um, you know, some of the way that some of the drivers in the protests were acting. They were being reckless. Uh, but that wasn't all of them. Like there was a tractor trailer trucks that were in this convoy that were, you know, following the laws. They were being safe about what they were doing. But then there was other people who were, uh, you know, swerving in and out of traffic, blocking people as they approached on ramps, honking as people tried to approach off ramps, things like that. Um, and, you know, that stuff was very reckless hanging out the sides of the doors <laughs> that stuff was very reckless on the other side of the coin of that kind of thing there was a bunch of people in these protests that were protesting something entirely different um piggybacking on the cause they were piggybacking on the publicity of you know the this group of people getting together and they were protesting other things um and i think that would be something interesting to talk about in this freedom of expression because I think this happens a lot with protests. Yeah, I mean, it's not just overlapping causes, but also just people who like chaos. <laughs> but it, it, it's, it's true. true I mean, you know, you, you look when, when a Canadian team goes deep in the Stanley Cup finals, you know, Vancouver had riots uh, because of it. Um, you know, there, there are always people who just, you know, want to see the world burn and, uh, they, they attach themselves to any large gathering. Um, I was going to make that comparison. Sorry to cut you off, but, uh, when the Blue Jays won the world series, I was in Oshawa and they were tipping cars in the street when the Blue Jays won. And I was trying to stop people from tipping cars. And I had some, one of my friends came up and said, Brian, you got to go. There's death threats against you because, you know, you're stopping people from having fun. I was like, kidding me? And this was back in 92, 92, I guess it was. Yeah. So people are people. And anytime there's a herd mentality, you're going to get this other element uh, adding their, you know, anarchist kind of way of doing things, going for chaos. Um, I guess that's going to happen. Now, all that said, we you know, we really and, and you know I think we're we're trying to be balanced here and, and and look at things from from all angles. But at the end of the day, these protests were were driven by a fairly fundamentally selfish desire to you know not have rules and restrictions on on us. And it's not a surprise to me that you know, so many other rules and restrictions were also ignored because, you know, it, it, you, you basically have a large group of people who think that they know better than government or health officials, or scientists or, or whatever, and that they should get to decide that, okay, well, we're, we're done with COVID. And that's not to say that governments haven't screwed up because they have, mm. you know, they, they have done a really poor job throughout this pandemic. Um, but, you know, it's also the first time anyone in our generation or even our parents' generation have dealt with something like this. Like it's their mistakes were bound to be made. And, you know, what matters is how human. that <laughs> forward. Um, and I'm just thankful, though, for a lot of reasons, like going through the entire pandemic, 
I was very thankful that we were going through it in the time that we were because in the 1900s, like the early 1900s, 1900 when this all happened before, um, I couldn't even imagine what they had to go through then. We have internet. I could do this. We started yeah. a podcast, you know, like we had mental health issues going crazy. This is a result of COVID. Exactly. <laughs> and this is right our now. expression <laughs> is a direct result of COVID. Yeah. So um, I would imagine that you're getting all these other people all over the world who are just as equally fed up and tired and crazy and just venting. It's going to happen. But I want to talk about why we feel we are so entitled that we can act this way over something like this, where you have other countries at war, like legit war, mm -hmm. killing each other uh, for real freedom. Yeah. Not, not just freedom of, of expression or however you want to say it, but actual having a life, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, it, it makes me feel like we are very selfish that we could actually be so preoccupied with um, – arguing over how good we have it because we have it really, really good uh, when there's other places like this. So what would you say to the people that um, are acting out like this in comparison to what other things are happening in the world? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and this, as you know, because you've seen me have the, these discussions online and off, um, you know, I, I think people, really lack context and the, the very comfortable lives that, that we lead, uh, you know, makes even minor inconveniences seem like oppression. And I don't know how we get people beyond that. Uh, you know, a, a couple of months ago, uh, I, someone said to me, oh, you know, history is going to, to you know, just look at us as completely evil for what we've done to our children over the past two years. And, you know, I, I, I looked at them and I said, you've got to be kidding me. Like 99.99% of the children who have ever lived on this planet past and, and probably 95% of the children currently living on, on this planet would switch places with our kids in an instant. And has the last two years sucked for kids? It absolutely has. You know, my, my middle daughter didn't get a proper high school graduation or prom. Uh, you know, my, my youngest daughter is, you know, has to wear a mask in school all, all day. Like it has sucked. Sports have been canceled, all sorts of things. However, they live in safety and comfort with loving families with food on the table, they can go out for a walk, play at the park, go camping, do all sorts of things that you know children throughout history and children across the world haven't been able to do. Um, it's we just, I guess we 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 get so comfortable and accustomed to what we have that we don't appreciate it and. Um, I don't know how we overcome that because as I said, I was, I was flabbergasted. Like, you know, I, even, you know, my parents' generation, you know, so kids growing up in the fifties would easily trade places in, in, in a second with, with kids growing up in 2022. Like it's whether it's health, whether it's level of education, whether it is the, the level of equality we now have in our society. I mean, it's very easy to say, well, you know, if I was a, a straight, white, cisgendered male growing up in 1950, well, things were awesome. Yeah. But if you were a person of color, if you were a woman, if you were queer, you know, those weren't good times. And, you know, it wasn't good to, to grow up then. But, you know, I think people, unfortunately, just can't see out of the, the, the prism of, of, you know, the, the, the incredible privilege that we have in Canada. And, you know, it, it's fairly notable that, and there are definitely exceptions, but the, the bulk of these protesters have been you know, people who look like you and I, Brian, you know, people around our age, generally dudes, and, uh, you know, people who, who, who really, you know, don't know what oppression is because they haven't had to deal with it day in and day out their entire lives. I think that people have way too short of a memory. Humankind has way too short of a memory. Um, you're, you're saying the 50s. I'm going to go to the 70s when I was growing up. 
um, my mother's gay, my brother's gay. And when I found out my mother was gay at nine years old, I wouldn't tell anybody. Like you don't tell people that because you will get beat up at school for your mom mm -hmm. being gay or for whatever. And this was like 79, 80, 81 through that whole era, right? So yeah, the 50s, racially different tensions, 70s, still the same tensions. It's still not going even, on today. Not even the 70s, the 2000s when I was in elementary school. Like that was, people would throw that around as an insult. It's only the last um, five, ten years. People throw it different. to me as an insult. It's crazy. Um, and, you know, because I was close with my, my friends and stuff, I'd give them piggybacks and stuff. And that was, like, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, and we, we still have a long ago. way to go. I mean, yeah. you know, uh, LGBTQ youth still have much higher rates of suicide. They're more likely to experience homelessness. Uh, you know, the, the, there's a long way to go, but, you know, it's certainly, uh, we've come an incredibly long, far, long way as a society. And that's why I, you know, I really, I, I roll my eyes when people talk about how Canada's gone to hell or how, you know, how awful it's been. Uh, no, you know what? It's, it's been okay. It hasn't been good. I really wish the last two years hadn't happened, but it's, I wish... The people that said that lived in the States because when I lived in the States in Massachusetts growing up, I had, I was at a synagogue when I was younger. Um, and I had to literally stay in the synagogue and there were announcements that we couldn't leave the synagogue because a KKK rally was marching down the street. Oh, oh my gosh. This is my lifetime guys. Like this isn't fifties and sixties. This is stuff that still happened in Massachusetts in the mid eighties. So people haven't changed. And what I said, memory needs to be longer. We need to be thinking a hundred years ahead instead of what our kids are living through. We need to be thinking mm. that far ahead for change and not planning for what can we do to make our kids' lives better. We need to make our great, great, great granddaughters' lives better today because, well, I mean, I could go on all kinds of tangents on this, but well, it's, 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 it's scary. There's a, a wonderful uh, sort of line of thinking uh, that, that comes from uh, various indigenous cultures, but the seven generations concept, and you should be informed by seven generations before you and the decisions that you're making should, you, you need to make them while thinking of how they will impact seven generations. You see, you. I should have been indigenous. I should have been. I, I think my brain is there. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble for saying that. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I find that you have the freedom to say that, Brian. Yes, you may, yes, you may suffer some consequences. I love, I love everybody. It's all good. The Aurora? I, I just, I believe that the indigenous peoples um, had uh, had a lot of things right, uh, hundreds of years uh, before us, and that was probably um, threatening to people beliefs. who wanted control. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's important to not romanticize any particular culture because that can be yeah. just as damaging as negative stereotypes. But yeah, absolutely, there, there's you know, incredible knowledge to be gained from from you know, the the indigenous peoples of, of Turtle Island, and um, you know, a wonderful source of wisdom. But you know, I'm. Sure, they, they had assholes who didn't like uh, the way things were. <laughs> and uh, it's like that in, in every culture and every society or, around the world. And, yeah. you know, honestly, I think the, the, no the challenge that we yeah. always have is how to figure out how to live with assholes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're going to move away from this conversation a little bit. I think we've covered quite a bit. Um, yeah. Aurora, before we go any further, did you have any questions about this? Anything I you think we covered a lot, like... The only other question I have is um, the Emergencies Act that Trudeau enacted. How did that alter people's freedom of expression? It didn't. So, and that, you know, unfortunately, there was a lot of sloppy reporting, particularly from American sources, as well as, you know, just typical social media nonsense. Uh, freedom of, of expression and, and our overall civil rights were not suspended or, or impacted. 
all the Emergencies Act did, and you know, th there is a very good debate to be had about whether or not it was necessary or appropriate. And you know, that's that's a different episode, I guess. But yeah. um, you know, at, at the end of the day, it just gave the government specific powers to be able to quickly address things, you know, including commandeering vehicles. Because one of the problems they were having was tow truck tow truck operators were being threatened by the protesters that you know, will wreck your business if you tow our trucks. So they were sitting when the government was saying, asking them to come in and do it, they were saying, no, you know, we, we're not going to do it. We don't want to risk, risk our reputations. So the Emergencies Act gave them the power to commandeer tow trucks and, and, and deal with that. Um, it gave some controversial powers in, in terms of uh, freezing financing and and the impact of that but you know there were people in Ottawa this past weekend a full week after the emergencies act was brought in who were protesting against covid restrictions uh, but they did it lawfully and they did it without you know hijacking someone else's neighborhood and um, you know the emergencies act was not about expression it was not about infringing rights it was about ending unlawful activity got it awesome thank you yeah and i think that's the the main point is that all they were trying to do was stop the illegal you know hijacking streets <laughs> yeah. and hijacking stuff yeah yeah they could still protest and they did but, and they should like if if that's something they believe in and they want to you know, and you got stuck yeah. behind some of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I had no problem, you know, uh, with that. Uh, it was just like the safety aspect, you know, when they started to interfere with other drivers. Right. Um, that was the part that was. That's scary. I didn't mind standing in traffic, but, you know, when they're, uh, what was it, being, uh, risky drivers what's what's the what's the word reckless reckless, reckless drivers then that's what i had a problem with it that makes sense well going from freedom of expression to your personal expression jim mm -hmm. uh the first thing i want to say is is that an ian photo behind you that is yeah ian g mcintosh uh, who captures uh berry icons in a way that, that no other photographer, even the legendary Hall of Famer Brian Weiss, uh, is able to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's for those of you who aren't from Barry. That's the Spirit Catcher, uh, which actually was originally at Expo '86 in Vancouver, and then uh, brought to, brought to Barry after that. It's it's really uh, an iconic sculpture on our waterfront, and that's a photograph that that. Uh, our mutual friend Ian took and then obviously did some digital editing. Um, that one's called Blood Moon, and you can see the moon actually right in the the, the top of the spirit catcher's horns. Yeah. Great shot. It I is. was actually hanging out with Ian on Saturday. I saw the results. They're impressive. Yes, yes did the steel wool spinning. Um, now, I know you as a creative person. I know you as an extremely creative person. I am the uh, least creative person you know, Brian. Ah, no, that's I, I disagree. Okay, so you and I can get into the wrestling ring, and we can start to do a promo. And we'll both start saying something, and my mouth will kind of go, and you will go, and now from, and everybody will listen to you, and the crowd will go crazy. And that right there is such a creative tool. Uh, your yeah. ability to read the crowd, your ability to connect with the crowd. I mean, the fans love Diamond Jim. You come in, you run around the ring, and the, the fans are going nuts for you. Um, <laughs> how did that start for you? How did you find that voice, I guess you could say, to uh, to be an announcer, ring announcer of all things? I I honestly don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's always been an element uh, of my personality because uh, – Somewhat strangely, although you know a lot of performers would say the same thing, is I'm actually quite shy, uh, and I can be really you know if I go to a a party with thirty people who I you know may only know casually or not at all, 
I, you know, standing off in the corner. I'm not not one who's striking up conversations because you know, I'm actually shy. People always think I'm kidding when I say that because I can stand in front of thousands of people and talk and engage. Um, but that's, you know, kind of a, 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 a switch that I, I flip. Um, but I, you know, was always outgoing in that way, like right from the time I was young. And um, I certainly the the larger than life diamond gym persona that you know i now has been sort of my alter ego for almost eight years um mm -hmm. that's not really something i would have expected uh you know the i joe and there's certainly there's a lot of similarities between us but diamond gym is definitely a, a you know a, a hyper version of, of of part of me um and uh you know, it's just when you, you have the adrenaline of a crowd, you know, whether it's a few hundred people at Barry Wrestling or a few thousand people at a, you know, National Lacrosse Championships or, or whatever, you just kind of feed off that and, and, and read it and, and, you know, feed back to them. And uh, it's, it's a remarkable experience because, you know, you've seen it and you alluded, alluded to it, Brian. Um, you know, fans, the, the relationship between a performer and fans is wild i mean you just it and wrestling fans in particular are are just so generous and and giving to performers and you know they'll let you know if they're not happy they'll they'll, they'll boo you but uh um you know it, it's wild like i was actually uh, getting my hair cut on saturday and i had mask on in the waiting room and stuff and uh one of our fans recognized my voice and then just immediately wanted to talk about her favorite wrestlers. And then she wanted me to do the catchphrase and everything. And it was <laughs> wild. And, uh, you know, she based that just on hearing my voice, not, not seeing me. Although, you know, I have obviously a, a rather rotund figure that's hard to, to miss. But <laughs> all, all in voice. <laughs> well, if you ever go to Barry wrestling and, you listen to Diamond Jim do his thing, you'll understand why that is for sure. I would just love to hear your catchphrase. I'm still waiting for you to show up. He's going to say the catchphrase at the end of the show. Yeah. We'll ramp up to it. We'll ramp up. But you but, still got to come to wrestling. When we had Holden Albright on the show, uh, Brendan, Brendan Colefield, um, it was a great show. I want to have a lot of wrestlers on the show because I think wrestling is one of the most creative things there is. Um, and it takes such a talent, but when he was on the show and he blew up one of his first shows and remember, I don't, I'm sure you remember this. He blew up and he, he got to the ring and I guess he was wrestling too much and he, he overworked. And when he came out of the ring, he kind of rolled under the ring and kind of threw up a little bit. He, oh, at least gosh. it sounded like he was throwing up. Like everybody heard this. There was nothing there, thankfully, but he was, he was blown up. Blown up means you're, you're gassed. You're, you got nothing left and, uh, he couldn't do anything. So fans just ripped him just get on him like crazy and then two shows later he's their favorite person ever and they're loving him and they're it's it's like the crowd is just amazing and it dictates the story of the show the actual crowd's expression dictates the story of the show absolutely i mean they i mean you without getting too far down the uh, the berry wrestling rabbit hole um, all you have to do is, is look at our mutual friend Gabriel Fuerza, and you know the 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 crowd. Because for those of you who don't watch wrestling, you basically have baby faces who are the good guys and heels who are the bad guys. And Fuerza is you know really the most devious bad guy around. I mean, he, he's just a complete dick. <laughs> and, you know, loves manipulating and and just you know generally being a bad guy. And the crowd absolutely adore him. And you know, I adore him. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing because you know he has his his role has changed because of the. Now he hasn't changed his personality, and he's so good at being bad. It's 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 wonderful. But uh, well, there he is, El Diablo, the man they call El Diablo. That's right. Um, it's it's really it's amazing, and you know he is now champion again and uh when he won the championship back in december the place erupted it, it was wild and um it's uh, a story i i tell far too often 
is uh, Fuerza, who we just saw, and Von Vertigo, who you want to talk about. Yeah. He's been on our show. You want to talk about creative people. I don't think I know a person more creative than Von Vertigo. I mean, Absolutely. He's a genius. Uh, but the very first match I announced at Barry Wrestling was Von Vertigo versus Gabriel Fuerza. And over the years, it is the matchup that I have announced the most. I, I think I have announced that matchup in various combinations, tag teams, multi-man matchups, and et cetera, more than a dozen times. Hmm. So it's, uh, it's kind of neat to see how both of them have evolved as performers over seven and a half years. And uh, um, they're just remarkably talented young men. And uh, uh, it, it's been great to watch watch them take that path and you know vertigo is over in europe performing now right now like literally tonight yeah 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 i, I agree with you um i've always I mean, since day one we've we've both connected with those two uh vertigo was a guest on our show i definitely want to get fuerza on the show as well for his own you, reasons. Do it. you don't think they'll, so they'll flip you the birds <laughs> too bad <laughs> <laughs> i have to ask then i'm gonna have to ask at least uh, anyway, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and that whole world, it, it just takes such a different kind of personality to connect with it. Like, I don't know if I could ever want to get punched in the face like these guys do, but you've taken a few shots in the ring. I have. Now, what's that like? Uh, As a well, non wrestler, what's it like to take a bump? So, I and you can't really tell because of the shape I'm in now. But I've played competitive sports for decades, and generally very physical sports. So I'm, I'm used to getting beaten up and, and, and hit uh, for, for real. Um, when you, you know what's going on, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. You know, there's a lot of adrenaline. Um, when you, you have a, a wrestler who wants to call something on the fly and you're kind of going with the flow, it can be a, a I wouldn't say scary, but you're definitely a lot more concerned for your your physical well being when, <laughs> when when you know you, you found out five seconds before getting choke slammed that you're going to get choke slammed. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's uh, the it's a huge rush of adrenaline, and um, you know I've been very lucky the, uh, the the handful of times that I, I've been physically involved, it's been you know with wonderful professionals you know, guys like randy bino clay wilson uh they they made sure that this old man was was well protected while still you know making things look good for the fans so um you know it's uh it's fun uh but uh you know no one should try to do anything without training oh there we go <laughs> that's where <laughs> I, I i got a stone cold stunner from uh Randy Bino uh, playing the character of Blackstone Cold. <laughs> okay, now let's let's give some explanation on this image here. And for those of you who are listening to this on Spotify, um, Diamond Jim is taking a stunner, a Stone Cold stunner. So he's getting his head completely trashed on the shoulder of this six foot six seven, uh, six five, I think. Six five. He's a big guy. He, he's a big guy. Actually, I kind of look at him almost eye to eye. So I guess yeah, six five makes sense. Yeah, he's he's a half he's about a half foot taller than I am. So. He's a big guy and he's very intimidating. And this is the same guy that uh, ripped a camera out of my hands and smashed it on the ground during a spot. Um, and I, it was like you say, Jim, it was a work. It was something that was planned. And even as he was grabbing that camera from my hands, knowing that he was doing it, I was scared. Like I did not. <laughs> I, I I just thought, is, is he going to lose it? Because he's wearing a mask and he. And he didn't. He was awesome. So, yeah, having professional people like that is... So, uh, for anybody like me who doesn't know anything about wrestling except for <laughs> what I've done on the podcast, what is he doing to you exactly? Because this is obviously frozen. Are you flipping, like, forward or... Yeah, backward? so, I mean, it's basically, it's a really nasty <laughs> jawbreaker. And uh, you know, Brian might show the after effect as I go flying back. But, you know, my head is basically pulled down into his shoulder as he's going down. And then oh. of course, jab a... your, your jaw, oh. there you go. And so as he like falls down to the ground, he is That's there. right. Oh. And then I go flying back and- uh, That's Sean Gibson back. there, taking it, I believe. <laughs> that is, yeah, you can tell because Sean Gibson wears flip-flops in the rest of the <laughs> <laughs> hey, so does Puff, so 
I yeah, guess. but Puff's a star. Sean Gibson is just Sean Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> and Sean has also been on the show. We have all the great people from Barry Wrestling that have made their appearance. I love it. I love it. Um, it, it so, sorry, I just you, – you, you want to talk about that fear. So the, the very first time I was in, physically involved with a wrestler was actually only my second show. So it was January 2015. And um, it was with a, a fellow named Rob Rage Thompson, who is Matt. I mean, his his muscles, his biceps are bigger than my head. This is a really massive human being. And uh, he was filming a, a, some promo that was going to be sent to other wrestling shows. And he was beating up uh, uh, some guy from the back. And then he was beating me up. And uh, he said, well, all I'm going to do is push you into the corner. And I thought, okay, I can do that. So he pushed me into the corner and then put his hand on my throat and all of a sudden, you know, wound up to give me a slap. Well, Ugh. it was only my second show and I wear glass. So you know, I, I wear glasses normally. <laughs> I never wear them in the ring. And if you want, you'll never see me in the ring with glasses because all of a sudden I saw this huge hand from a guy with arms this big coming flying at my head and I thought he's going to break my glasses. <laughs> my glasses are going to be smashed. <laughs> now the thing is it was light as a feather, you know, came in light as a feather. It you know, looked great for, for the audience. Uh, but you know, I've not taken that chance again until you showed Randy. And so that, that was our, our Canada day show in 2019 the year before, and I actually attacked Randy. So I, I went, oh, there's Rob Rage Thompson there. And uh, that's not, <coughs> excuse me, not the show where I got slapped. But uh, you can see this is a, a big, mean dude. and He's a uh, big guy. Not, not someone you want to mess with. Um, I tried to find a photo that you were in with him so that you can get a scale. Yeah, he is said he's, he's he's jacked and I am not. <laughs> the, 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 the the final resolution to the glasses story is the year before those Canada Day show uh, photos that Brian showed, I got attacked by by Randy and he gave me a stunner and I was wearing my glasses, they were sunglasses and they went flying off uh, off of my face and it looked really good there's actually a really good Brian Weiss photo of the glasses going flying but Randy didn't realize that and turned into a step and smashed my glasses so oh. <laughs> all, all those years of trying not to wear them but I wore them because we were outside and I needed sunglasses and they wound up being smashed into a number of different pieces oh no <laughs> I'm just finding the video of when he did the stunners on you guys. Oh, nobody wants to see that. No, no, I don't think we we can show that right now anyway. <laughs> but, I, you know, I feel like that's, even though that is something that maybe negatively happened, you're always going to remember that. Oh, yeah. That's like oh. a very memorable moment. <laughs> I mean, totally. The, the, the funniest thing, and this is actually, it's, it's a moment that's been expunged from, from Barry wrestling history. And I'll probably get in trouble for, for sharing it. But when, when Randy was wrestling as patient 705, he just decided one night to, to kind of really go over the top because he was just feeling it. And that's a lot of wrestling is, is improvisation and just going with the moment and the crowd reaction and, and telling the story. Um, so he grabbed me outside of the ring. He was managed by a little guy named Jay's Hart at the time. And uh, he, he grabbed me and Jay's tried to stop him and he pushed Jay's off and he rolled me into the ring. And, you know, I'm not, not too graceful, as Brian can, can tell. And I got in the ring and he, he grabs me and he leans in, but he was wearing a mask. And my hearing in, in, in one ear is not the greatest. And he kind of, he, he says, choke slam. But I didn't quite hear him because of the mask and, and, and my, you know, my, my one ear. So all of a sudden, and this he speaks to his strength, all of a sudden I feel myself being lifted up. And think, okay, I guess, I guess I'm getting choke slammed. And so you know, <laughs> th thankfully I knew how to you know, tuck my chin and, and, uh, and take the, the bump properly. But uh uh, there he is, his patient 705, and there's little Jays uh, and Rob Thompson. So actually, that might even be 
the night that that happened. Um, <laughs> it really could be, because I, I, I think it was. It probably um, was. Jonathan, the beautiful Jonathan Peterson refereeing too. Yeah, so yeah. one of my favorite guys. Uh, actually, all the you know, like all those guys. Uh, but uh, but yeah. So uh, because it wasn't something that had been uh, cleared beforehand, it uh, it's sort of been stripped from the records. As <laughs> things like that, I don't even know about. I love it. All right, that's a, that's been a lot of fun, Jim. I can't thank you enough for being on the show. We have a few questions to ask you though before we let you go. Mm -hmm. um, the first question is the photo challenge, or not the photo. I always say the photo challenge. The challenge that we issue to our viewers. Uh, our guest gets to issue a challenge to our viewers. Um, and I think what you've said in your challenge is something that's really important. So uh, if you remember what that was, I'll let you take over and, and say what your challenge is. Yeah. So I, my challenge to, to the viewers of the Great Expressions podcast is to understand the meaning of words before you use them. Don't just repeat things because other people on Facebook or Twitter happen to be saying it. And it, it could be words like, tyrant or dictator or communism or gaslighting or, or you know so many other words that you just kind of you see well people are using that to describe trudeau or to describe the ukraine or to describe you know someone who said something mean to a singer that i like and um you know the 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 further away we get from the meaning of words the less powerful those words become and the more difficult it becomes for us to talk to each other. And, uh, you know, like dictator is, is a perfect example. You know, someone said to me today, well, you know, Trudeau is a dictator. Well, no, he's not. He, he may be making mistakes. He may be even abusing his power. But this is, you know, a, a prime minister who has to rely on the support of other political parties just to get things passed. Uh, and, you know, was just, just faced the public for election back in the fall. Uh, has all sorts of constraints in terms of division of powers between federal and provincial governments, the courts. Like that's not what a dictator is. And when you have a legitimate dictator, like you know, uh, in North Korea or a place like that, um, you know, what what word do you use to describe them if if you've misused a word like dictator? And mm. uh, just you know, find out what words mean and use words appropriately. Love it. Love it. And that's exactly why we did our first episode of season two, uh, the expressions episode where we talked about the origins of where these terms came from, like uh, rule of thumb. Do you know where the expression rule of thumb comes from, Jim? I do not, actually. You've heard this before, right? The rule of thumb? Of course, yeah. The rule of thumb comes from the original thing was you were allowed to beat your wife with something no bigger than the width of your thumb. So to say rule of thumb today, you're not knowing what you're saying, and it's it's very frustrating. I catch myself saying it all the time, and I stop myself. Yeah. No, I'm not going to say that. You know, like, uh, so yeah, I agree with you. Look into words that you use and pay attention to what they mean, Aurora. Since I found that out, I've only used it once, and I got so mad at myself. We used it on that. our show since then. Um, Anthony was on our show, and he used it. Nobody corrected him. We just let it go. But. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it, you live and learn it about it happens, right? Yeah. And it, this is exactly going back to what Jim was saying, where like find find out the meaning of what you're saying before you say it. Exactly. And there were so many good expressions in that video where we found out it was a really cruel and uh, terrible origin, and we we shouldn't be saying these things. Um, and then there was ones that were more lighthearted and just meant what it was or whatever yeah. it may be. But uh, there was ones that we found out that it was just dig in. Yeah, dig into really what dig in. what you're what you're saying, and and listen when when people express concern about a word that you're using, especially if it's a person from a marginalized community. It, you know, if someone says you know, that word is is a problem for this reason listen to them there are so you know there there are thousands and thousands and thousands of words in, in the english language let alone all the other amazing languages that you can pull from you know you're not being oppressed if someone says you know you can't use that slur anymore mm -hmm. like just listen and and adapt your language accordingly and there's been a lot of that in our lifetime for sure having to change oh, yeah. the what what we say and how we think uh, the biggest change for me was 
driving down the street with my wife one day and I saw somebody walking down the street and I said, is that a boy or a girl? And she says, does it matter? And I thought about it. No, it, it doesn't matter at all. It has no bearing on anybody's life at all. If it is a boy or a girl, they are free to express themselves in any way they want. And that was a moment that I realized that my upbringing and all the things that I was taught when I was younger are changing. And that's the way it's going for a lot of things these days. And people have to keep their mind open and listen. And I agree hundred percent. You got to listen. And if you're disrespecting somebody and you actually give a shit, stop doing it. Well, that's the key. You know, that you've nailed it. And you know, that, that's a, a, just a, a perfect story. I had something similar. Uh, you know, my, I can't even remember the artist's name, but you know, my, my daughter was, was playing a singer who she really likes and she's going to kill me if she watches this and I've forgotten his name, but she's going to see him in concert. But we were listening to it, uh, listening to him, and I said, "Geez, you know, his lyrics are really like you know Taylor Swift or or some other woman's. Like, you know, what? Why is why is he writing like a girl? And you know, that was really dated and stupid of me to think because he's just writing songs the way that he wants to write songs, and that's what freedom he should of do. expression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, we can all it all ties in." We, we all have our biases. It's, it's how we respond. So when my daughter pointed that out to me, I thought she's a hundred percent right. And like, I'm, I'm wrong to think that way. And you know, it's amazing learned. when you can be so self-aware and be okay with change enough to, to hear that and be like, okay, yeah, I get that. That changes my thinking. I appreciate that. Okay. Second question that we're going to ask you um, tools of the trade, something that you rely on, Every day that you're you're working, being creative, uh, that you would consider your most used tool of the trade. It doesn't have to be something physical. It can be an idea or a concept, or it can be something physical. What would you say is your tool of the trade? I guess it's got to be my vocal cords. There you go. That'll do it for sure. Without that, I don't know. Would you going to just run around the barrier ring going? I can point. <laughs> you get the point. All right, cool. Vocal cords. And last question we have before we can set you free is what is your jam? What song do you listen to and you can't skip past? And every time it comes on, it just makes your day better. Uh, you get the five star every time you hear it. And it just, it's that perfect song. What's your jam? Do can I list 30? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's hard to pick one. Uh, I, I gotta say the, the, the song that always puts a smile on my face and you know, I just could not imagine being without would be the only one I know by the charlatans. And that's, I, I, I would bet that 95% of the people who watch uh, the expressions podcast have no idea what song I'm talking about, but it's, uh, uh, it was released in 1991. Uh, the charlatans are a band from just outside of, of Manchester they were part of the Manchester scene in the late 80s, early 90s uh, in England. Um, but somehow, despite you know, having members jailed, multiple members die, uh, they, 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 they are still going hmm. and uh, just released. A, well, it was supposed to be a 30th anniversary collection, but because of COVID, they delayed it by a year and released a 31st anniversary collection <laughs> of their, their first album uh, in the fall. And... Uh, uh, great band if you like psychedelic uh, dancey music uh, they they're worth checking out but it's got the greatest baseline in the history of music right on I'm definitely gonna listen to it um, we still want to do at least I do um, reaction videos we tried one didn't work got flagged yeah. on YouTube you had to cut the whole thing out but uh, the idea was we were gonna take the jams of everybody and use those as reaction videos so i'm just going to react to it myself because i want to hear it that's <laughs> very cool all right jim so thank you so much once again i really appreciate you taking the time to be here with us uh and we're not going to let you go until oh. you say your catchphrase so what would you say to those who don't subscribe to the expressions podcast wow actually say that do you know who your next guest is going to be uh we do know who the next guest is going who's to be. your next guest going to be uh, I have to look that up. Aurora, do you know off the top of your head? It might be Jay's. Oh, I think you're right. Yes. Um, I'm going to double check because I don't want right to get it wrong. 
Jim. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's Jace. Jace Robinson. My sibling. And your sibling. And do you know what episode number that's going to be for you? Uh, 11. Episode 11, Jace Robinson. And what's the topic? Uh, music, mostly. All right. Yeah. Fans, episode 11 of the Expressions Podcast featuring Jay's Robinson talking about music. It's coming up next. Don't you dare miss it. <laughs> I got chills. I got Amazing. chills. I can't wait for Saturday when I see you, Jim. Thank you so much. <laughs> uh, Aurora, thank you also for being here this week. It's been a lot of fun. And we should say that Mark uh, wasn't feeling well this week, but he did have a question about you, Jim. Uh, his question was, are you related to uh, Rob Lowe? And I, I said no, but I don't know for a fact. So to answer Mark's question, are so you in any relation to Rob Lowe? Look at how handsome I am. Look at my charm, charisma. Mm -hmm. yeah. Obviously, yeah. I am not related <laughs> to Rob Lowe. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, guys, that's it for us. Thank you very much one last time, and we'll see you all next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Fans, episode 11 of the Expressions Caught Pot. Well, we better do that again. <laughs> Cut, edit. That's what we call a botch in professional <laughs>